Hi, this is Chris Nessie from the House of EdTech podcast. Welcome to the Google Teacher Podcast Archive. I used to produce and edit the Google Teacher Podcast, hosted by Matt Miller and Casey Bell. You can enjoy the podcast once again, and be sure to visit the new website, chrisnessy.com slash googleteacherpod. Please note that any of the show note links mentioned in the episodes are no longer valid, but if you go to chrisnessy.com, dot com slash Google Teacher Pod, you can search the archive and check out the show notes for each and every episode of the Google Teacher Podcast. Thank you for your continued support, and may the Googles be with you. Okay, Google, tell me a turkey story. Here's a turkey story. Once upon a time, there was a turkey named Horace who wanted nothing more than the perfect fall sweater. It'll never happen," said society. You'll never find a proper sweater with your weird dimensions. This made Horace incredibly sad. Fall was coming, and he just wanted a sweater like everyone else. Horace looked everywhere, all the outlets, malls, and shops, and time and again he came out empty-handed. Then one day, Horace passed a mirror. "Holy turkey!" he shouted. "I don't need a sweater. I'm covered in feathers." Turns out Horace wasn't so bright. The end. <laughs> <laughs> poor horace i know he wasn't so bright <laughs> no he wasn't he he had so, a hard time yeah that's right so if you need a little bit of thanksgiving fun <laughs> just grab your device with the google assistant on it and say okay google tell me a turkey story and they've got a whole bunch of those. So if you, yeah, this is like one of my favorite Thanksgiving things that I stumbled upon. Me and my kids were like listening to these over and over and over again to the point that we missed the bus this morning. So <laughs> they are, they're pretty great. So. I love it. I love it. Yeah. We're having so much fun today with um, not only the Google Assistant, but with artificial intelligence and machine learning. And it's going to be a really great episode. Here we are at episode 31 already, and everybody's gearing up for turn. Turkey day. Are you ready, Matt? I am ready. Let's get the stuffing and the dressing. That's the same thing. <laughs> this is what happens when I try to ad lib. Let's just start the show. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> mm-hmm. Welcome to the Google Teacher Tribe podcast. Your source for the latest news on Google for education, tips, tricks, and teaching ideas you can use in class tomorrow. And here are your hosts, Matt Miller from DitchThatTextbook.com and Casey Bell from ShakeUpLearning.com. So to kick off the Google News and updates for today, I feel like we need to have a quick moment of silence because Google has updated the way to insert images and they've taken out one of my favorite features and that would be the take a screenshot feature where you used to be able to just activate your webcam and take a quick picture with it and stick it right in. And so that was bad news. I've heard um, some rumblings that maybe they're going to try to bring that back. I'm not sure. However, we've got you covered. Actually, more specifically, Alice Keeler has you covered. So Alice has had all of these Chrome extensions commissioned, and her latest one is one called the Alice Keeler Webcam Snapshot. 
what it does is it's a Chrome extension that you can install this extension and it will take a picture with your webcam and save it directly into Google Drive. So that's a little bit different than the way that it used to work in slides and drawings and docs and all of that stuff where it would just dump it straight in. However, what's nice about this is that now you can start saving these images into your drive and use them for other things if you need to. It saves them all into one little folder called webcam screenshot or snapshot, sorry. And then all you have to do is just go to insert image and choose drive and it'll pop up a little window off to the right. And if you have recent, recent is the first thing that shows up, then that image that you just took, that picture that you just took, you can just move it straight over into your dock or slide or whatever. So a little bit of bad news coupled with a little bit of good news of how we can fix it. So I'm pretty excited about this one. Right. Yeah. And thank you, Alice Keeler, as always, for giving us a solution almost as soon as we needed it, right? Um, so so there was a bit of a panic, right? And I think in the last episode, we were talking about, hey, this is coming. Um, they're getting rid of the pop-up and they're going to re- replace it with this drop-down menu. So when you go to insert image, it was going to look a little bit different. Only we didn't really know that we were going to lose some options in there. And actually, a lot of teachers had been using the, the take a snapshot option to have students even sometimes, I think, hold up their work to the camera and not just taking pictures. And so I think that was a huge loss that we're all sort of in mourning for, um, for the loss of some of these features, that moment of silence that Matt mentioned. Yes. Um, so we lost that. And then there's, um, there's a few other things that people have been asking about. And one is you used to be able to filter for Google images, clip, uh, clip art, life magazine, and all of those. And those are gone now. And I don't know if they're coming back or if I'm just missing it. Please, if somebody has found it, please let us know. But um, we played around with it. And um, so a couple of different solutions. One is you still have the explore tool that's built into um, docs and slides. And so when you go to tools, go to explore, it's going to pop open that sidebar and you can search for images there as well. And if you check and hover over the images or click preview image, it is still filtering. Although I have been hearing reports that the filtering had gone away. So um, if anybody knows anything different, please share that with us. But as far as we researched, it looked like the filtering for um, commercial reuse with modern was still working correctly. But, um, you know, a lot of people were like, well, where's the clip art? Well, if you use the explore tool, you can still go to images and find some clip art in there as well. So so if you're sort of struggling with with where to find things, maybe we just have to go at it in a different in a different tool. But hopefully um, these things will come back. And I think we even heard rumors that um, that Google was going to bring back the, the webcam snapshot option. But um, in the meantime, thank you, Alice Keeler, for giving us a solution to this. So um, we will have a link to her new Chrome extension in the show notes at googleteachertribe.com slash 31. Yeah. Now, since we're still talking about images here, I did want to mention something else that's that I've noticed in slides and drawings that you can do. And so whenever you put an image into a slide, you got to go check this out. Uh, next time you have slides or drawings open, you bring up an image. And when you click on that image, there's always a button up at the top that says format options. And so when you click on that, we've always had, as far as I can tell anyway, we've always had recolor and we've had adjustments. 
Now we have two more options. You can now add a drop shadow to your picture. So if you add a, if you have a picture on there, you can add a little drop shadow and you can put it, you know, down to the bottom left, uh, right below. You can kind of like move it around wherever you want around the image, but you can also do a reflection, you know, a reflection like, you know, how if you're standing next to a pond and, you know, your reflection is in there and sometimes you see, with images, people will put these reflections down below. And so now you can have kind of like a pond-like reflection under your image. Uh, so these are some some pretty cool features that didn't exist until just recently. So those are two more things that you can do with your images in slides and drawings. Awesome. I I have been needing the drop shadow for so long that it's, mm-hmm. it's just made my day. I'm so excited. I might be super excited, about, super a drop, excited. about a drop shadow. That's how nerdy I am. Yes. So uh, one more update that we wanted to mention, and this is one that we are told that's coming. Haven't seen it yet, but we are getting a new Google Maps. So oh. uh, yeah, this comes from the keyword blog and Google Maps is getting a brand new look. They're going to give us some uh, some new color coding to the icons and things that they use. And I don't know about you, but I wouldn't arrive anywhere other than my home <laughs> without Google Maps. I am terrible. Uh-huh. I, I tell this everywhere I go. Don't ever follow me. Um, I rely heavily on Google. And when Google is wrong, it really disturbs my life. So um, <laughs> I'm hoping they have fixed uh, some of their issues too. But most of the time, Google Maps gets me exactly where I need to go and rely on it heavily. But I know that we use this a lot in the classroom as well. So yep. I'm excited to see where this is going. So if you go to the link in the show notes, it will give you some screenshots and show you what the new look is. Um, they're mostly showing it on on mobile, but I, I think the whole entire um, Google Maps system is getting a bit of an update, and I'm sure we're going to begin to see more connections back to the new Google Earth as well. So uh, I am excited about this as well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Me too. So and then to kind of wrap this this up, um, we... We've noticed that we've gotten some some very nice reviews out on iTunes and some other places. And so if you've left one of those reviews, thank you so much. We wanted to call out one of them in particular that was left just a few days ago. Um, this is from the, the name on the review says Julie and her username is E2Cobb. So we're thinking that this is Julie Cobb. And so here's what Julie wrote in her review. She said, Matt and Casey make my Monday morning commute great. I learn something every week that I can immediately share with the teachers I support. Caution. Don't listen at the gym if you are prone to shouting amen or wow when the knowledge bombs start dropping. (laughs) So now you've been warned. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we we come as a cautionary tale. So uh, we have heard tales of of people uh, driving and not paying attention. We want everybody to be safe. In the yes, Google Teacher Tribe, that is that is number one priority. But we are excited that that you are enjoying it, and thank you so much for that review, Julie, and everyone else who has supported us throughout this entire process. So, um, but those reviews help other people discover our podcast too. So we appreciate anything that that you want to leave there, whether it's in iTunes or whatever podcatcher that you happen to be using. We appreciate that. So our featured content today is going to focus on the 
idea of artificial intelligence and machine learning in the classroom. And we will talk specifically about the Google Assistant and some awesome Google tools that we have discovered. But we also want to talk about just the power of AI in the classroom. And we are beginning to see more use of this. I have actually seen uh, that that some people are even beginning to, to buy devices for classrooms. And, you know, I always tell people that we've got to get used to talking to our stuff. You know, that's, 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 it's, it's, it's a little bit awkward, but it's coming. And I, I walk around with, you know, I have my Apple watch, but I don't usually talk to my Apple watch or my phone in public a lot. <laughs> I don't know why I feel <laughs> yeah. a little Dick Tracy about it, but, right, yeah. but it's, it's something that, that we're going to have to get used to. It's sort of like when, you know, people started talking on cell phones in front of other people, uh, you know, years and years ago that were, it's just becoming part of the day-to-day operations. And so whether you're talking to a computer or an assistant or your Echo or whatever it is, these tools can actually help make our lives easier. We can get instant information and we can use them for learning. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's it's kind of amazing how these things work. I mean, basically what happens is they gather all of this data. So the more that you the more that people use them, the more data they gather, the smarter that they are. And then they're able to make predictions based on that data on what they're supposed to do or how they're supposed to respond. And what's what's amazing about this is that I think that it's going to take a lot of the mundane, repetitive tasks that we do. And since those repetitive things are the kinds of things that machine learning and artificial intelligence can learn, since it's those kinds of things, they're going to be able to do more of that stuff for us just by asking. And um, I know my uh, my cell phone has the Google Assistant available on it, and I'm kind of amazed at all of the stuff that it's able to do. Um, and that's one one place as we start to dig into some of the practical things. We've got a we've got several examples actually of some practical ways that you can use artificial intelligence and machine learning and your voice and all of that. Um, the Google Assistant really is one of those things that you can start using immediately and it's it it continues to boggle my mind all the things that it can do um one of the things that i love is that whenever i whenever i activate my google assistant i just say good morning to it and it will tell me the time it'll tell me the temperature and the weather forecast and then it'll give you give me these news briefings where i can choose all of these little um you know all of these these feeds of, you know, different news from, you know, it can be uh, technology or entertainment or sports or whatever. And so it'll just play all these little news clips. Um, you know, you can, you can do things with your calendar. You can add notes to your Google Keep. It'll even play games with you. In fact, our, uh, our beginning part was run right off of the Google Assistant with the turkey stories. So, um, you know, the, the, the things that, that it can do for you is, is pretty impressive. So if you have a phone that has access to Google Assistant, if you have a Google Home, I know even like those little bitty Google Home minis, the ones that look like little donuts, <laughs> those are the, the price of those are, are, not too astronomical to get that into your classroom. So I I think that the more that we learn about assistant and other things like it, you know, you could, this could be said about uh, using Alexa on the Amazon Echo or whatever or Siri. Um, you know, all of all of those things. The more we learn about how they work, I think the more that they'll start to seamlessly come into the classroom. 
Yes. And it is important to note because um, if you know me, you know that I have an iPhone and I just got the iPhone 10, but I can still use the Google Assistant. And I will tell you that Google understands me much better than Siri does. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I won't tell Siri. We'll, yeah, we'll keep that yeah. a secret. Siri does not speak East Texan. So we have, we have <laughs> had words <laughs> several times. And um, but so I'm sitting here. So I have access right now to um, my Echo, my Google Assistant assistant and to Siri. And um, I, I do still prefer the Google assistant for a lot of those things. And I, you know, but it's important to note that you can still access that even on iOS. If you want to try it out, um, you just go to the, the app store and it's just the Google app. It, you think it's just a search app, but it will tell you in the little search box that you can say, okay, Google, and it will activate. So. Yeah, um, yeah. So we have lots of different options for this. And I think more teachers are experimenting and giving us even more ideas. Uh, but, you know, just the ideas that that you can think of with with children in general when they ask questions. I mean, there's just there's so many questions that they have in different ways that they can look up information. And this is, you know, one natural fit, I think, just for asking those questions. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's and that's that's one easy way to start plugging it in is to get answers to questions. And I've even heard somebody say that, you know, how we always type things in with our thumbs, at least us adults do. And they're they're saying, you know, when kids get older, a the devices aren't going to look like a cell phone. Um, you know, they're the big bulky cell phone that goes in your pocket. They're going to look at us and go, did you guys really use that? What did you need that for? <laughs> and they're, they're going to probably interact with their devices with their voice a lot more than we do. That's, that's probably just the future. That's what I've heard a lot of people say. Um, but then, you know, so you've got the, the requests and the, you know, asking for little bits of information. There are some other really neat things out there that you can start using now in your classroom. So we have a list of about seven of them in the show notes. And so I'll grab just a couple of them off of here. And um, Casey, if you want to take one or two of them, you can. There's one that I found just recently that is, that's pretty cool. Um, and the, the English teacher in you, Casey, will appreciate this, I think. There's this thing called Quill Connect. And so Quill has this tool that helps students learn how to combine sentences. And so it'll give you these two sentences and it'll teach you about using your conjunctions to combine sentences and how to do the comma and everything. And it'll give you a couple of sentences. And when you type in how you would combine it, it coaches you through the process of how to make, how to form your sentence correctly. So again, this is an example of and I think really shows the future of how machine learning can learn some of the routine tasks that we do as teachers and can and can um, you can use those. And then another one that I really love is this thing called Mystery Animal. And I alluded to this a little bit in the last episode. This is one of those things where um, where you use your voice and it's like the Google Assistant choosing an animal and playing a 20 questions game with you. So those are a couple of the little things that we can that we can use that I really love. I I experimented too with the the Quill Connect as well and you know as a writing teacher, I could definitely see how that could help in the classroom. Now you may panic a little bit and think, is it, is it going to do the writing for them? No, mm-hmm. it's not doing that. I think the example right. in the video was like um, that the, the birds fly south, it is cold in the winter. And to combine those two sentences, well, it, the student types it in and types uh, the birds fly south and it's cold in the winter. 
but that wasn't correct because that wasn't answering the why. And it asked them a question to help give them a hint to replace and with because so Mm -hmm. that that that, so that they make that connection um, between those those two sentences and bring those together. So I think that's a pretty powerful writing tool. And then the mystery animal is like super fun. I mean, I know, it's, yeah. it's it's so cool. Uh, so, you know, there's there's so many things and the kids are going to engage with these in such new and exciting ways that I, I think we're going to even see newer ideas popping mm-hmm. out of this. But, um, yeah. you know, there's a few other experiments that that we discovered that we wanted to share. And I think the uh, teachable machine looks pretty awesome. It is, yeah. So um, this this machine, you can actually help it learn what you want to do. There's a camera and it will watch you. And so, um, you know, for instance, if you hold your hand up, you can train it to every time you hold your hand up, do something. And it might say something, it might show a GIF, it might um, create something new or go on to a next step. So it it's really sophisticated and it requires zero coding. Uh, so, um, but it, it helps students understand how the machine learning works. Yeah. Yeah. That's the neat thing about it, I think, is that it's a really easy, low entry point to understand this. And I think if kids can wrap their brains around the potential of it, I think the the sky's the limit for them. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, this this other tool, uh, Story Speaker. Which, oh, yeah, this is great. Yeah. yeah. So it lets you create a choose your own adventure style story in Google Docs. Um, it's it's coding without coding. Right. And that kind of. Yeah. It's, oh, yeah. It's almost like you're writing if then statements, but you're telling it what to do, like in the choose your own adventure story where you have to make the decision about where, you know, where you want to go or what you want to do. And it will take you to that part of the story. Only it's all based on voice. So um, so it's 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 voice activated through the assistant and um, it looks really awesome. And then Matt, you had another great idea on how that could be used. Oh yeah, that's right. Um, That it doesn't even have to be a choose your own adventure style story that it's just like you said, because it's, if then I could see this as a way to almost kind of like create a digital version of yourself as the teacher where you could put a, you know, put a prompt or a question or something, and then you could have students respond to it. And then you write out what you want the assistant to tell them if they say yes, or if they say no, or if they choose A, B, or C. And so it's almost like a way to create kind of like an interactive activity between the digital version of you and the student. And so, of course, that's a way to almost like duplicate yourself over and over and over again. So, um, yeah, I I think the sky's the limit on this one, too. Yes, I'm picturing it almost like a little FAQ for the classroom. Like, you can't bother the the teachers over here doing small group instruction. Go ask the assistant to help you. And, you know, that it can be one of those, the resources, you know, when you do like things like ask three before me will, you know, go ask the assistant, you know, YouTube it, go find your answers and helping students to Mm -hmm. teach themselves and learn new skills on their own. So um, I think it's, it's a brilliant way. And I I mean, I've seen even like the itty bitty kids um, learn Mm -hmm. things from these because they can talk, you know, they can't type in the keyboard yet. They can't spell, but Mm -hmm. um, there's so much power that they can learn from this at any, any grade level. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And of course, this is just like anything else where as we learn how it works, 
it's also important to set expectations in the classroom for what kids are going to do with it and how we can use it. And I think this is like anything else in that once kids understand the educational value of it, it's kind of like with taking pictures. I, I always use the, you know, the, um, the take a snapshot feature that just disappeared that we, we talked about some workarounds on. Um, you know, I always tell people, you think that kids are just going to use this to take duck face selfies, you know, and they, they might at the beginning, but then once they start to see the potential of it, then they realize, Hey, we can actually use this for real educational gain. And then it's time to get down to business. So like you get the sillies out, you do some of that stuff, but then you realize, Hey, this is, this isn't just for goofing around. We can really use this to improve ourselves and to learn. Exactly. I think that, you know, just being clear about the expectations on how you want it to be used. It's just like anything. When you add something new to the classroom, you know, just being clear and modeling the use of it, you know, how you want it to be used in the classroom. I think it would be fun to even assign that as a role for a student in the yeah. classroom for the day that they're the ones who get, you know, get to answer the questions or maybe it rotates down, you know, through the roster each time. Cause they're going to fight over it. You know, they are. <laughs> of course. Of course. <laughs> I want to ask it, I, you know, it's, it's almost like I want to push the button. I want to push the button. And mm-hmm. uh, that, that way uh, they can all practice and, and learn how that it works and how to, you know, how to ask those types of questions, but, you know, setting those expectations and you know what, let me tell you, adults are the same as kids when it comes to playtime because everybody's worried about the, Oh, they're just going to play with it. Well, let me tell you in a workshop, you have to give the adults some playtime too. So mm-hmm. um, that's mm-hmm. just how it works. We all learn through play. So, um, yes. so don't be afraid to let them play with it. Yeah, I totally agree. So if you've heard this and you thought, oh man, this sounds so cool. I want to get my hands on some of this stuff. Then just head over to our show notes and we've got links to all seven of these examples that we talk about um, where you could potentially start using your your voice or the Google Assistant or artificial intelligence already. So of course, head over there to those show notes at googleteachertribe.com slash 31. It is time to go to the Google Teacher Tribe mailbag, and we've got some really good stuff here this week. So the first one is a voice message that Ann Coates left us. Ann is from Massachusetts, and take it away, Ann. Hi, Casey and Matt. This is Ann Coates from Hanover, Massachusetts. Uh, First off, I want to say thank you for all your wonderful resources, your blogs, and your podcast. I am an avid listener and an avid reader, and I just want to thank you for providing all those great resources for me and teachers all over the world. You truly have a gift. Uh, Specifically, I wanted to tell you about some success I had with my psychology students in which they had to create infographics using the Noun Project. Normally, I would just lecture about um, sleeping and dreams and such, and the kids would have a discussion. But with this new information, I was able to turn it into a research project where the kids researched the stages of sleep and then created infographics using either Google Slides or Google Drawings and the Noun Project as their resource for graphics. So this was really successful and way more engaging, interesting than just me lecturing. So I just wanted to give you that feedback, say thank you, um, and that my students thank you because they didn't have to listen to me drone on and on about the stages of sleep. Um, so thank you again for all your great resources, and I hope you're in my area soon, so perhaps I can hear you speak and say hello. Take care. 
Oh my goodness, you had me at infographics and the noun project. This is one of my favorite things to use Google Drawings for. And yeah, I know that your your students have definitely got to be thanking you for that one because I would so much rather learn through making these infographics than listening to a lecture. So thank you from your students and thank you from us, Anne. Yes, and thank you so much. And we would love to see examples. So if you have any links yes, or anything please. that you can share, uh, we can put those in the show notes. And we would love for everyone to see what this this project turned out to be. Um, it sounds so much fun. And thank you, Anne. Anne is a member of my Google Certified Trainer course as well. So we've already had some interactions. So thank you for all your support. So the next thing we wanted to share from the tribe comes from Carrie Hamilton, and it was on Twitter. And actually, I just caught this right before we started recording, and it was just so cute. I had to show it. So she took um, from our episode about the the visual thinking and deep thinking with Google that uh, she has this project where her students are in Google Drawings, and they're doing some deep thinking on the Industrial Revolution. And she took a picture of the screen here, and what you can see is Henry Ford with some speech bubbles and it's pretty dang cute. Let me just tell you, it says uh, we're losing so many workers so fast, but we don't have space. Sweetheart. He's talking to his wife. Um, so they're having this conversation. I told you we should have done the Friday night dance parties. Anyway, it's just, it's just, it's just really cute. And so I wanted to give a huge shout out to Carrie and thank you for being part of the tribe and sharing that out to us. So uh, we will have a link to her tweet in the show notes as well at Google teachertribe.com slash 31. The Google Teacher Tribe podcast is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. The Education Podcast Network. Podcasts for educators, podcasts by educators. For more great education podcasts, go to edupodcastnetwork.com. So we just have a couple more things to share with you today from uh, from the blogs. I just posted how to design Google PD that works. And so I shared uh, actually from uh, a presentation that I did at ISTE this past summer on this same topic and really just sharing what I've learned the hard way over the last 10 years of, of training and especially all the training that I've done on Google and, you know, the order that I teach the G Suite tools because because I have I've learned that the hard way as well, and a lot of tips and tricks, and uh, some free resources and activity ideas. So if you are in the PD realm, um, you may want to take a look at that, and um, I may have more to share. But if you are in uh, some position where you train other teachers, I hope that this is helpful to you. Yeah, I saw that come across, and I I read it and and had some really good takeaways myself. So so yeah, that's definitely one to check out. And one blog post that really caught my eye recently was one written by Brandon Blum, who is a he's a director of educational technology in California, the Roseville City School District, and he has done some thinking when it comes to homework. And he's got these two po actually the second one still is to come according to his post, but he says he's got six do's when it comes to homework. Uh six things that you should do and, you know, having 
written a book called Ditch That Homework. Um, you know, homework is very much top of mind for me. And um, I think it's something that can be done better or in some ways totally done away with. And I love the way that Brandon put this. And the tie-in here, I think, to the tribe and to, to Google is that when I saw this come across, we were just talking about infographics. I saw his blog post and I thought this would make an awesome infographic. So I did put it together. It's a little infographic with icons from the noun project. You can see that on our show notes at googleteachertribe.com slash 31. But I love Brandon's thoughts on this and things that, that we should be doing when it comes to homework. Those are some great ideas. And of course, I love the, the infographic. I'm guessing you use the noun project. Yes, I did. <laughs> That's right. Surprise, right. surprise. Great post. Thanks, Matt. Okay, Google. Happy Thanksgiving. I'm always ready to give thanks for being your assistant. Aww. <laughs> We're always ready to give thanks for all of you for being in the Google Teacher Tribe as well. Yes, thank you all for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and have a very happy Thanksgiving. And we will see you in the next episode of the Google Teacher Tribe. Bye, y'all. Thanks for listening to the Google Teacher Tribe podcast. Keep up with every new episode by subscribing on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher, and by visiting googleteachertribe.com. Get in on the conversation on Twitter by using the hashtag GTTribe. Until next time, keep harnessing the G Suite power, and may the Googles be with you. Thank you once again for listening to the Google Teacher Podcast Archive. For the latest on Matt Miller, be sure to visit his website, ditchthattextbook.com. For the latest on Casey Bell, be sure to visit her website, shakeuplearning.com. And to keep up with me and get the latest in education technology, be sure to visit my website, chrisnessy.com. And I invite you to listen to the House of EdTech Podcast.